It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. News Talk WSB, and we are broadcasting live from one of the prettiest places in the universe, and that is Pike Nurseries. We're going to have three remote broadcasts this uh, springtime. First one starts off at Camellia Lane. How did they get that name, Mickey Gazaway? Who who named this Camellia? I don't know, but it was a good idea. It was a fabulous place for a Pike Nursery to be located. Camellia Lane, right behind the Lindbergh Martin Station. Easy to get here, and Frankly, if you come later in the day, they have valet parking. Can you believe that? That Pike Nursery has valet parking from 10 o'clock through 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So on the that's weekends. On, on the weekends, yes, yeah, Saturday and Sunday. So if you uh, want to come late in the day, you're a little worried about traffic in the traffic jam around the Pike Nursery because everybody's buying their springtime plants, then don't worry about it. Just pay for valet parking. 404 is the number on Lawn and Garden. You can ask a question by phone or for a lot of people in town. This is a great, easy-to-access place behind the Marta Station. You can see all the flowers and the other springtime accoutrement that we have for sale. Mickey, it's great to see you. Mickey Gadsway from Pike Nursery. And it's good to see you. Mickey brings gifts. Mickey brings <laughs> Eggs for me. <laughs> These eggs have just known a chicken just recently. Yes, just recently. Like yesterday, the day uh, before. Day, yesterday, day before yesterday. So probably. these basically 48 hours earlier were inside <laughs> a chicken. <laughs> One of Mickey's chickens, but that's very nice. And some of them are green. And what? Some of them are green. Some of them are green. It's got some Aracana um, chicken blood in them. And don't forget food. Of course, we would not leave you out and have something to come to starve to death at a broadcast. Dunkin' Donuts down the street has graciously uh, donated a bunch of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, some donuts, some bagels. We got all sorts of stuff here. You can come in and get a little food, get a little breakfast this morning. It is fine with us. We're here to be your friends. Feed your breakfast and answer your gardening questions. Again, 404-872-0750. Also, oh, by the way, another reason for coming to the Pike Nursery is you get to talk to Mickey because she can give you suggestions on your landscape plans, a place that I'm not all that good, whereas Mickey Gasway will certainly give you things that can be uh, planted in your landscape that will look pretty and look nice and are available at Pike. Let me see. What did you do this weekend, Mickey? What or this week? What gardening did you do? Um, I planted some um, azaleas, yeah. and I planted an okami cherry, Ooh. and I cut cut back some stuff that I should have cut back a month ago. Yeah, that Stan should cut back a month ago. <laughs> and what else have we done? I can't remember. What I, I drove from here to Beaufort day before yesterday. Ooh. Whoa, it's a good long ways to Beaufort yeah, to be is. coming in the morning. But the great thing about the trip to Beaufort. I did the I-20 way one direction and the I-16 way the other direction. You're talking about Beaufort, Georgia? No, Beaufort, I'm talking about South Beaufort, South Carolina. Carolina. Okay. All right. And I was impressed completely by the redbuds along the oh. highway. The redbuds are coming out gangbusters right now. Man, they look pretty. They are beautiful, beautiful And then plants. the uh, Yoshino cherries blooming mm-hmm. as well. For those of you who are, who are not that hip on how to identify the cherries, about three weeks ago we had a cherry that had a blooming that had Pepto-Bismol pink. pink. Yeah, yeah. Sort of a dark pink Bismol pink, and that was Okami cherry. Next in line comes the Yoshino cherry. They're the ones that are blooming right now, sort of big white, a little bit of pink in them, clouds of pretty flowers on the Yoshino cherry. And then coming up in the, 
next couple of weeks, the quinzine come along. I saw the buds on mine are swelling up, Mickey, looking like they're ready to bloom. So the quinzine cherries And I noticed some autumnalis. They're blooming a little bit. They don't bloom as much, but I I noticed them blooming. I like the okamis because... Um, they blew, I put out a thousand daffodil bulbs. You did in the last two years. I put out I put out five hundred and then I put out five hundred. Right. And um, I, I wanted something that bloomed at the same time as sure. daffodils. Sure. And that's why I put out the Okami. I think it's going to be pretty. And uh, I went to Gibbs Gardens up near. Oh yeah, Ball he's got Ground. twenty million. They say millions of daffodils oh, so in bloom. Pretty. Unbelievable. Beautiful. Yeah. So Gibbs Gardens, up. you can get uh, directions from gibbsgardens.com. But it is a new sort of uh, entrant into the places to go, people to see, things to do. I have a friend who is, um, she's a little bit of a snob, but she's really, she's a, <laughs> and she said Gibbs Garden is the perfect example of unlimited funds and good taste. Whoa, and so very nice. <laughs> that is a really nice, a uh, really pretty place. nice thing to say. So I went there, I went to South Carolina. Seems like I've had another long drive that I had to do this week. But all of it, the world oh, is so pretty. pretty. Springtime, Absolutely. the world is pretty. Oh, man, let me say, repeat the phone number one more time. We're out of here. We go 404-872-0750. Our first caller, Anthony, calls from Fayetteville, Georgia. Hey, Anthony, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fabulous. How can we help? Uh, I have a couple questions. Uh, first one is I believe I have a swarm of termites out in my front yard. Oh, man. What are, you, what are you seeing? Why do you think you have termites? Uh, long black bugs with uh, long wings. Yeah. Are they flying, like thousands of them flying all at one time? Uh, yeah, a few hundred. I don't know about thousands, but there's... <laughs> There's a few hundred out in my front yard, and they kind of seem to be localized to my zoysia lawn. Yeah. Out in my front yard, and also on my kid's place that which is a has a big yellow slide on it. And I don't know if that. Yeah, makes sure. Mickey and I are sort of looking at each other, saying, "I don't think so." Termites bloom, or termites swarm. I guess is the right word, although blooming could be described sometimes. They swarm later. They swarm May when things have warmed up, the soil has warmed up, the termites have you know, made their colony bigger, and then all of a sudden one day from a stump you see thousands of these silver-winged little dark insects coming up, and that's a termite swarm. But here oh, okay. in just the last couple of days of March, that does not sound likely here. Okay. Now, what about ground bees? Do you see little mounds of dirt on the ground, Anthony? Yeah, not, not too many mounds. Um, there's a... Mainly it's the red ants that I have mounds in my front yard. Go out and do a little walk around when it's uh, light and you can see what's going on and see if you see little mounds of dirt, barely an inch tall, two, maybe three inches wide, with a hole in the middle. And that hole in the middle is diagnostic. If you see little mounds of dirt with holes in the middle, that is ground bee. Ground bee is a solitary bee. They are pollinator. There's nothing wrong with them. They don't sting. The ones that are hovering around a lawn, if that's what you have, are males, and they don't have a stinger, so they can't do anything to you. Okay. So that is more likely right now is the ground bee, not the termite. All right. And my other question is the uh, yellow jackets, um, when do they normally start roaming around trying to find a home to, to <laughs> pick a new colony? Not yet. The, I think the queen, the female um Yellow jacket is hiding still, probably making hiding in a you know dead tree or bark or a trunk or something like that where she's not going to be frozen. But she doesn't come out, I don't think, until sometime again, sort of early May, when the temperatures 
in the uh, daytime or in the 60s and the 70s maybe and consistently and the nighttime temperatures are 55 or so at night you could do those yellow jacket traps actually work i have kids in the yard and they're I found last year when I cleared out a bunch of brush, I found a huge colony. Huh. And, so yellow jackets, uh, maybe a little bit later than now. Not, I don't think there are any big mama yellow jackets out looking for a place to live, Anthony. Okay. okay. All right, okay. well, I appreciate it, Walter. Uh, I listen okay. to you every Saturday, and uh, I just appreciate all the advice you give. Thank you, Anthony. It's great to talk to you. Tell them hey in Fayetteville for us. All right, will do. Thank you. All right, let's see you. 404 750 gets you in to take Anthony's place. Randy in Barnesville, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Randy, good morning. How you doing, Walter? I'm doing all right. What's going on? Oh, man, well, uh, I was talking to you, Coscrea, there, and uh, I got a kind of cool story for you this morning. What is that? Uh, about three years ago, I heard you talking about me and my wife having a hard time uh, coming up with a name for our daughter, and you were talking about willow trees. And that's actually yeah. how she wound up getting her name that day. So is she Willow, your daughter named Willow? Sir, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Randy? Yes, sir. Walter? Hello? Hello? Hello, yeah. Oh, but There you are. Okay, Randy, we can hear you now. Say again what you were just saying. Yes, sir. I was saying that about three years ago, me and my wife was having a hard time coming up with a name for our daughter. Yeah. And you were talking with somebody else about willow trees. Gotcha. And I called my wife. I was like, Walter just named our daughter for us. Her name is Willow. Oh, darn, Randy. Great. So, uh, but now we got rid of all them aggravating sweet gum trees around our yard and finally got <laughs> a manicure like we need to. And yeah. she's wanting to transplant willow trees there. And we just want to know how labor intensive it actually is going to be. And, Will they actually thrive this far up this area? Somehow I thought where you were going, Randy, was you had a new baby on the way and you were going to name it Sweet Gum, which <laughs> might be <laughs> might not be a name that kid would appreciate, little Sweet Gum. Uh, but as far as planting a willow in its place, um, you know, what does the ground look like? Did you have stumps ground or a bunch of chips on the ground? Tell me more. Uh, well, we actually had them ground out, and then we came in there and actually just just kind of bulldoze the whole front yard back down there yeah. and put side, you know, in the front hydro seat of the backyard. Even though you have, um, you know, pretty clear ground and the stumps have been ground, there's probably a lot of chips still on the ground. If you can do just the best job that you can accomplish to get all the chips out of the ground, yeah, you can plant a, a weeping willow tree if you want you know to. No, that they're not, they're not very long-lived. Yeah, it's not going to be. They're not going to live one 50 years. I mean, it's Yeah, but a little willow is, you know, an they adult. They grow fast. It's not going to be there. They grow fast. I saw some mm-hmm. day before yesterday on Barcliffe Road that I thought, that is a magnificent-looking weeping willow, the green draping limbs that come down just a little bit of a sheen of green on each one of them they're pretty Gorgeous. pretty trees when they're young but uh, again maybe not the longest lived tree in the whole wide world but willow will certainly uh, appreciate it for the next 10 15 probably years and by that time she'll be in college and who cares she's gone <laughs> she's not going to come and see daddy's weeping willow trees anymore so you can you can plant them now there's nothing particularly uh, complicated about doing that and it wouldn't hurt, I think, to have a little bit of sure start or something in the ground around it that Pike sells to help it get some fertilizer early on. But I think that they would do fine. Take a nice wide area, shovel it up real good. And Randy, I think you got a weeping willow, or yeah, weeping willow that young willow will appreciate there. Thanks for calling, Randy. I got to get out of here. It is 6:18 at News Talk WSB, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It may be a little chilly outside right now, but not quite as low as I thought it would be. 34 maybe degrees here at the Pike Nursery at Lindbergh. During the day, coming on, we've got sunny, chilly still a little bit, 0% chance of rain. Highs, not like yesterday. It's going to be in the low 50s this afternoon. But tonight, cold and clear. Highs in the, you guessed it, 20s tonight. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Joel, up in Gainesville, got a great question of apropos of the temperature. Hey, Joel, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing great. How can we help, Joel? Yes, sir. Uh, I have some uh, tulips coming up, and a friend of mine told me they were hardy, not to worry yeah. about them getting frozen. Do I need to cover them or not? I don't think so. Mickey, what do you think? I don't think so. Uh, um, I, I think you do more damage to them probably trying to cover them. Yep. Then, then you protect them. That's my. And favorite. tulips. I mean, Amsterdam is not the warmest country in the whole world, and tulips grow nicely there. They and they certainly have cold the weather, huh? They grow them up north. Yeah, they grow them up north too. And even though they may be coming up, may have flowers on them right now, Joel. I just don't think the cold is going to be here low enough or long enough to make much damage at all to the tulips. And like Mickey said, you can put sheets and cardboard and everything else over your tulips, but you're going to hurt them some by just the weight of the material that you uh, put out. I think out. we're supposed okay, to have well, some wind, too. Yeah, they're not flowers. It's just the, bu- the you know, little buzz coming up, but uh, that's all I yeah. want to know. And, uh, yeah, if the, the buzz coming up is no problem at all. I don't think they would have much chance at all of being hurt. It would be the flowers. or some people that have tulip flowers coming out right now, and I just don't think that even is worth covering. All right, well, Walter, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good morning. It's great talking to you, Joel. Thanks for calling. And a reminder that if you want to see tulips looking their best, the Atlanta Botanical Garden is covered up in tulips and daffodils and spring-booming plants. I was there yesterday for for a little talk and was really impressed with what the Atlanta Botanical Garden has in there in their yard as well. It is 627 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.35 on a Saturday morning. We are broadcasting the show today live from Pike Nursery at Lindbergh, right behind the Lindbergh Marta Station on Camellia Lane. And it's great to be here. Lots and lots of beautiful plants out in the greenhouse. We're inside, so if you want to come see the show, you can be inside and not have to dress in your best willies or anything like that. And best of all, we have food for you, of course. We've got Dunkin' Donuts, donuts, coffee, bagels. You can join us, get your own breakfast, get a couple of questions answered, and be on your way. Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery is here with me as well, and we are ready to serve you by answering questions at 404-872-0750. Ryan's up in Gainesville, and Ryan's first in line this morning. Hey, Ryan, good morning. Good morning. How can we help, Ryan? Um, we had some Leland Cypress come down in the nice ice storm we had up here a couple months ago, or a month ago, 
and um, was thinking about putting out some blueberry bushes in the place where we had those. And sure. And family that's got some well-established ones. Didn't know your thoughts on the preparation and what time of the year would be best to move some of those babies under those established plants over into that area. I am doing a a little video clip for the Farm Bureau next week. This coming week, I guess. And uh, they want me to talk about how to plant blueberries. So I've been brushing up on my blueberry planting technique. And my recommendation is get peat moss. Get a cube of peat moss. Pike sells it in, you know, cubes or bags or how does Pike do this? It's in bales. Bales. Okay. So there's little uh, bales of peat moss and put a goodly amount in the soil where you're going to plant your blueberry plants because they really dearly love to have an organic, acidic sort of soil. And so you dig an area for each one, Ryan, I don't know, three, four feet wide, and you sort of mix in with your shovel the peat moss that you've uh, applied to the top of it, an inch or so of peat moss, and then plant the blueberry in the middle. It'll be happy for years to come. All right. Is this a good time of year to transplant those? And, yeah. Um, I know they got blooms on them. I know they have little bitty leaves and good big white blooms on them right now, but... If you're, if it's not too big, if it were six feet tall, that's probably not the great time to transplant. But if they're only three, maybe four feet tall, I think you could get them to at least survive the summer, maybe not have the most blueberries because some of the flowers will drop off. But I think you'd be okay to transplant them right now. Try some of the sheer start with that, too, because yeah. it'll help with the root growth. Pike has a real nice, very slow-release fertilizer they call sure start that does a great job for transplanted plants. Okay, and uh, one other, um, I was going to get the stumps just ground down. Is that going to yeah. be the best way to get rid of those stumps to get the, the ground ready for it, or do I need to dig all, everything out? Or I think you can coexist. The blueberries can coexist with the chips in the ground. Just remove as many as you can. You know, rake them okay. all out, Ryan, get them away from that area. But still, if you mix in the uh, peat moss with the blueberry, I think that really is the key to making blueberries happy. Acidic, Thanks organic much, soils. Say what? I said thank you very much. I appreciate it. You are welcome, Ron. Thanks for calling. Have a great day in Gainesville, Georgia. All right. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 is the number. William in Atlanta has a question that a lot of people are wondering about right now. Carpenter bees and what to do about them. William, join us on Lonnie Garden. Hey. Thanks. So how can we help you? I get rid of them. I kill two or three hundred every year, and they just keep coming back. (laughs) Yeah, don't ever use the word get rid of or eliminate or something like that. We're always going to have carpenter bees. But you can, you know, we say sometimes hit them with a tennis racket, and that's fine. You can kill well, a bunch that, of them that way. How do you do yours, the William? Racket's what I've been killing them with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you're in the, same, in the same way of doing it that I would. But there are carpenter bee traps that if you're reasonably handy, you can make out of a, a little narrow plank of wood, and it uses as a reservoir underneath it just a liter Coke bottle or something that you have the dead carpenter bees or trapped carpenter bees that fly around inside, and they eventually die. And if you want some details on that, you can go to my website to type in carpenter bee trap or something. Go online. Google has uh, plenty of little plans. YouTube has a couple of people showing how they built their uh, carpenter bee trap. So try the combination of the trap and the tennis racket. And between the two, you'll, you'll kill some. You'll get some out of there. All right. Are they going to damage my house? Yeah. They dig holes. They drill holes yeah. in the deck and in the in the shed roof and in all kinds of places that uh, you would rather not holes be drilled. But carpenter bees will do it, that's for sure. All right. Thanks. All right, William. Thanks for calling. We've got two. Fred is out in Oconee County. 
out east of here. Hey, Fred, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What can we do uh, for you, Fred? Well, just got a comment about the willow. You, um, we had a good experience. My wife got a uh, flower arrangement and had this peculiar stick in it. And that stick was putting out roots. And I put it next to the creek going through my yard. And it turned out to be a curly willow. Yeah, sure. So that guy that named the... Uh, his daughter after the tree. That's an alternative <laughs> for him. And it's a good experience. It's a curly willow. And the other, the other name for that willow is corkscrew willow, and it's probably not, not a name that I would name my child. Corkscrew Smith does not sound <laughs> too appealing, yeah. but curly Smith might be a little bit better on there. Yeah. But um, I was going to ask you on Lake Hartwell, how do you, if I could find another one of those interesting sticks, yeah. Where do you think that I could uh, locate that, and how well do you think it would do on Lake Hartwell? Probably fine as far as climate goes. I don't think it would be uh, frozen in the wintertime. The thing that kills willows mostly is willow, the cankers that get on the stem. There are spots that get on the leaves, maybe a couple of bugs who eat the uh, leaves as well. And that's why Mickey and I said it's sort of slow or a, not a short-lived. Fast yeah, it's fast-growing but short-lived. Plant, we always all the tell willows. people to plant one every five years, and that way you'll always have, <laughs> have succession really? planting. So environmentally, it should do fine, Lake Hartwell. Um, so is what else did you want to know about it? Say again? Is that a true willow? Sure. Yeah. Corkscrew oh. willow. It's a willow. His mama was a willow, and his grandfather was a willow. They're all willows. Uh, okay. Thank you, I know there are a lot of people who believe in using willer water is what they That's call it. Right root things. Yeah, yeah. So, so explain what willow water is, Mickey. It's where you take pieces of willow and you just put it in water and let it kind of decompose a little yeah. bit. And then you put other things in there to root. People believe yeah. there are hormones and things that, have, uh, that come out of the willow stumps and twigs and things like that to make willow water. And then you put azaleas and roses and stuff in there and let them soak for a day or two and then plant them in a little in a little pot and that that makes better um, natural I guess uh, sprouting yeah. uh, increase so willer water maybe has a thing besides a source for names for children you can also get plants to root in there let's go back to the phones we got Shelly Shelly's out in Dunwoody she joins us on lawn and garden hey oh. Shelly good morning good morning my question is how to preserve a cherry blossom tree we have sidewalks that are going to be put in on our street and yeah. um, of course safety is the priority but they have preserved the tree and they will be cutting through part of the root system is yeah. there anything i can do to help sort of maintain the tree how far away from the tree is the damage going to be done the cutting of the um root? oh gosh it's they're probably going to cut at least a quarter of the root system hmm. It's not great, but I have neighbors in, on Brockcliffe Road who had a fabulously blooming Yoshino cherry three years ago. And then during the summertime, that had some, um, they had to come in and dig around that cherry because the water meter was broken and leaking. And so they dug a big hole and they filled it up with, with dirt and planted a little fescue on top of it. And they took away easily a quarter of the roots of that Yoshino. And it looked sort of pitiful during the summer after that. And I thought, eh, it's not going to last too bad. Their Yoshino got killed by the plumbers. But this year, it is, looks fabulous, as healthy as I've ever seen a Yoshino cherry look. 
So it took a year or two maybe to recover from it. But, Shelly, mm-hmm. I think that a quarter is survivable. Okay. Okay. But okay. You know, if you're out there watching them while they're doing the work, it always makes them sort of be on edge that they can uh, do the least amount of damage to Yoshino Terry. If you have a gun in your hand, that also helps. So <laughs> make sure they know that you mean business. Don't hurt my Yoshino Cherry too much. They have to do it a little bit but uh, to make the sidewalk. But make sure they don't do any more than they need to. Oh, terrific. And there's nothing I can really do, is there? I mean, can I put anything on the the root system that's that I know is going to be left untouched? No, I don't think so. No. Um, it wouldn't hurt, I think, again, to put a little organic fertilizer, a little uh, sure start or whatever. Check your pH, too, because uh, cherries don't like acid soil. So um, you might want to check your pH and, and see how that is. And uh, if it's, you know, if, if it's real acid, then I'd definitely add some lime. lime. You can get a soil test kit from the local extension office, Shelley. Or you um, can get one at Pike's. Buy one at Pike, have them, sure. Pike's can, has them, and sure. And you can just send it off from yeah. Pike's. It'll tell you what the pH, what the acidity <clears throat> level of the soil is. Mickey is exactly right that most of the members of the cherry, peach, plum family love soil that is a good bit less acidic than maybe the azaleas and blueberries. So knowing your pH, knowing if you can add some lime and raise the pH, that's good. And that will help the the uh, cherry to survive all the damage done by the plumbers or the sidewalk okay. people, I mean. Okay. Okay. And, and what pH should it be? I'm thinking six and a half yeah. to seven and a half, somewhere close to or around neutral. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Shelly, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling this morning. Thank you. We'll see you, 404-872-0750. We've got time to get John in here. John's down in Fayetteville, Georgia, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can we um, help? Let's see. I've got a plant that uh, my mother uh, gave me, and it's, it's probably anywhere from 40 to 50 years old. Um, I don't know what kind of plant it is, but my wife says it's a succulent. <laughs> yeah, and, okay. Uh, it. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't bloom. Uh, it has a medium size. It has medium sized green leaves, um, and it's it's got like a thick rope like uh, root. Um, when when my mother had it, it lived in uh, like a two by three window box in a basement, uh, and and the window was made out of those glass blocks, so it, it didn't yeah. get a lot of sun. Um, it's hard however, to believe that a succulent would be happy indoors in a I basement. I wonder if it's a, um, a jade plant. Maybe you, jade. When I do garden clubs and I say, who's got the oldest house plant, it's always either a Christmas cactus or a jade plant, and that yeah. was the first thing I thought of. It's real thick and dark green, kind of shiny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the leaves themselves are, as real Mickey thick. described it, thick, thick leaves, very fleshy leaves. It sound like, has anyone ever called it a jade plant, John? Not that I know of. Because before, before Mickey and I can do real specific advice, we have to know what plant it is. And just succulent is, you know, succulent includes millions of different kinds of plants. And saying that it is a succulent gets us started, but it really doesn't give us the information we need to say this is what you need to do for this, whatever it turns out to be. Come into Pikes and look, because we've got jade plants, and ask them to show you one and see if that looks like what you got. Yeah, you got the Peachtree City Pike. It's not too yeah. far from you. You can go down there, John, and... Make sure you have it identified first, and I'm sure they could advise you further about what to do with it. Well, see, the thing about it is, is you know, since she gave it to me, there's there's only like about 20, 20% of it left. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm even scared to, you know, like take it out and transplant it. 
do we so, have a smartphone or something like that? You can take a picture and take that to Pike. Okay. Or go right. online. Go online and look up jade plant. Yeah, because it does sound like that, jade plant. It's it one is. of the most common succulent plants people would have, like Mickey says. And people keep them for years and years and years and years. Grandma had that jade plant. People are proud to think to say that to everybody else. It's 648 at News Talk WSB. Hey, you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. And at 6.54, a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, it's going to be relatively nice, though a little chilly this afternoon. Highs in the low 50s. Clear overnight, chilly again. Highs in the, or lows, I should say, lows in the high 20s overnight. So I'm not thinking that you need to protect plants right now, but if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it, I guess. 404-872-0750 is our number, and the full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ray is out in Conyers and joins us on Lawn and Garden. He's got a bush he doesn't like too much. Hey, Ray. Amen to that one, brother. I've got a bunch of them that have been growing uh, in an area of about uh, seven or eight, nine feet up to the chain link fence. It's the, yeah. To describe it to you, it'll be anywhere from uh, up to about an inch, and it grows in batches of like three or four coming out of the ground. It's got pretty big roots, and it leans in one direction. It's very bushy. It yeah. grows about, oh, I'm going to say, 15 feet high maybe, a little less than that. And I have them, on clearing that area, I've cut all them down. I've left a, about oh, 12, 15 inches of the root above the yeah. ground so I could know how to treat it and find it and go to it. But, but I'm not sure exactly. It's like a light gray and a very small oh, leaf. And like I say, it leans in one direction and grows out extremely bushy and reproduces and grows very rapidly. Any ideas? Sometimes... Ray, sometimes Mickey and I sort of go on the probabilities of what a plant is when people don't know what exactly what they're faced with. And Mickey said ligustrum. I say privet. They're the same thing because that light grayish sort of color that you described sounds to me like a privet head or privet plant. And they come up in little you know, clumps sort of, and they're about an inch in diameter. And so all that makes me think privet. Oh, hang on one second. I didn't hear that last you, part. Say it again, please. I said... I said, I think it's privet, right? That's what I think it is, is privet. And the best way to control it for me is just to cut it down all the way to the ground. Spray if you can. Spray a little Roundup on the cut stump. And generally speaking, you'll have it under control. Oh, okay. So just cut it, go down, say, a couple inches in the ground and dig out the roots and... I don't think necessarily that you have to dig out the roots. I think you can just cut it at ground level, spray the stump with Roundup, and call it a day. Wow. That's all it'll take. Yeah. If if this is privet, I mean that's still sort of an argument with us here as to whether it actually is privet or not, Ray. I think it is. Mickey thinks it is. So if you do what I've described, I think you will control it. But if you want to pull up some of the smaller ones, that's probably the the surer way to get rid of privet. But uh, spraying with Roundup sometimes is all you can do with one that's more than an inch in diameter. All right, thanks for calling. we got to get out of here, though, Ray. 404-872-0750, the number. In the next half hour, we got Chuck in Sandy Springs who says his hollies have been trimmed back. Now what's he going to do?
Well, we'll give him something to do, I guess, about that. Vu in Stockbridge says planting. She wants to plant bamboo. Ooh, we need to talk to Vu before she gets out there and plants that bamboo. Wants to know if it will take over or not. Uh, Sunny is in Florida and has a river birch that's been trimmed a little bit, and now it's weeping. It's crying. It's got drip, drip, drips of water coming from the river birch. What's going on with that? Well, we'll get to all that in the next half hour. Right now, you're listening to Lawn and Garden, and we'll be back after news.